The truth about cold plunges. Cold plunges. Getting a lot of recognition, a lot of publicity, a lot of products being sold around this behavior. And I'm not a huge fan of it. Not a huge fan of it. And I'm going to explain why that is. So cold water immersion is a stressor. All the things that happen in response to it, whether it's cardiovascular, respiratory, metabolic, endocrine, muscle contraction, nervous system, whatever it is, is because the behavior is stressful. So uh, what these studies measure when they measure an increase in metabolic rate, or uh, that's the main one. It's the main one that uh, people cite as super badass and super good for humans to increase their metabolic rate. It's like, yeah, I agree. I agree that uh, increased metabolic rate is probably a good thing in most cases, um, but not so fast because an increase in metabolic rate is a response to stress. And most humans are incredibly stressed out, incredibly stressed out. So when humans are already too stressed out, uh, adding more stress to the system is not going to be the thing that saves them. They need to sleep more. They need to, uh, we need to drink more water. We need to eat real food. We need to get some sun every day. We need to move every day. And until those things are in place, you need great rhythm. You need to sleep. Until those things are in place, adding more stress to the system is not going to be the thing that saves people. And so, uh, that's what these studies measure. They measure an acute response to stress. And whenever that happens, whether it's cold water immersion or high intensity interval training, whatever the latest fad is, you have to ask yourself, is this behavior sustainable over a lifespan? And in most cases, for me, the answer with cold water immersion is no, it's not. And, um, and so it's very stressful to do, and that's why you get a response from it. So what is that response? Well, you get a cardiovascular response. So your heart rate increases above 100 beats per minute. You become tachycardic. Your cardiac output increases. Your blood pressure increases because there's peripheral vasoconstriction. So that's the cardiovascular response to it, uh, a.k.a you're responding to stress. There's a respiratory response. You ventilate at four times the normal rate. And so your lungs are doing more work. Your muscles are contracting. There's more muscle tension. Uh, you may even shiver. As a result of the increased respiration and the increased muscle contraction, your metabolic rate increases. What does that sound like? Okay, higher heart rate higher rate of breathing, muscle contraction. What does that sound like? <laughs> it sounds like exercise. It sounds like movement. And uh, so, yeah, your metabolic rate does increase as a result of those things. Uh, there's an endocrine response. So there's more noradrenaline secreted. And there's also, in some studies, an increase in adrenaline or catecholamines, stress hormones. And 
Yeah, that's just the endocrine response to stress. So you get some of that from, from exercise as well. And then uh, you get into the sympathetic nervous system, it would seem. And yeah, the mechanisms as far as how all those things happen aren't important, but basically you get a, you get a stress response. And it's kind of similar to the stress response you would get from any biological stress uh, in many ways. Uh, at least as far as the muscle contraction, sympathetic nervous system, stress hormones, higher metabolic rate, higher ventilation, higher heartbeat, higher heart rate, more cardiac output. So you get what I'm saying? It's like the part of the spirit of selling all these things is hacking your way around your biology, hacking your way around the need to move and do the things that everyone knows are biologically optimal and so I, I am the person who tells people the truth. And the truth is that you can't get around those things. You have to move. And doing a cold water immersion for two minutes a day is not going to be the thing that saves you. It's just, it's just not. And um, so, yeah, there's also habituation that happens like to any stress. So <clears throat> we get used to anything, but humans can get used to any amount of stress. And those of you who have been in prolonged stressful settings of multiple months at a time, biologically know that you can get used to almost anything. And yeah, so this studies that, which the longest one that I saw was eight plunges. So that's another example of how acute and how finite these studies are. Rather than being over a lifespan, we're measuring the response to eight plunges. And <laughs> so, so that's uh, eight days if you're doing it every day, or that's eight weeks if you're doing it once a week. And so, yeah, if you plan to do it for longer than that, just maybe spread it out a little bit, you know, like cycle it on and off, do it for a month and then take a month break and then because otherwise you just get habituated to it. And that doesn't mean the stress response completely goes away. In the review that I read, the ventilatory response kind of stays the same, but cardiac response and then muscle response and the metabolic response diminishes after eight plunges. So, so what that means is you get used to it. And so just like exercise, uh, if you're doing the same thing, that's, uh, that's fine, but you will habituate to that stress. And the answer to habituating to stress is to mix it up, is to do something different or to make it tougher. You got to increase the loading. You got to increase the volume. You got to do something um, because you've habituated to that stress. And so find a way to change it up. And yeah, guys, that's the, that's the truth about cold plunges. So to review... The studies measure an acute stress response. And the longest study that I saw was measured over eight plunges, which was probably eight weeks long. And they saw habituation over that, those eight plunges. So, okay, take that information. And then is it, the question you have to ask with any acute stress response is, is this sustainable over a lifespan? And I mean, I think we, really saw this through with high intensity interval training. We had a, a bunch of college kids do Tabata and we were like, 
wow, look at the crazy stress response that these kids get from Tabata. High-intensity interval training is the answer. Where are those college kids when they're 40? I'd be willing to bet my left arm that they're not doing high-intensity interval training. 99 or 100 out of 100 of them. Because it's super stressful to do. And that's why you get the biggest acute stress response to it. But because you get such a big acute stress response to it, that makes it more likely that it's not sustainable over a lifespan. I'm going to say that one more time. So the bigger the acute stress response, the less likely that that behavior is sustainable over a lifespan. So whether it's cold water immersion, high intensity interval training, ask yourself, is this sustainable over a lifespan? Cold plunges are, are very stressful to do. That's why you get such a great stress response from it. Um, are you going to do it for the rest of your life? That's the question. And if you're an athlete and you want to add this in for a mesocycle, enjoy some of the benefits of it. Just remember that you're adding stress to the system. So transitioning now into cold water immersion for athletes. So cold water immersion for athletes can have a place to reduce body temperature if you're performing in really intense heat and you want to reduce core temperature quickly. Uh, there are obvious benefits to that. Um, as an everyday thing for your lifespan as an athlete or your career span as an athlete, I would say probably not. I would say that you can work it in for a mesocycle, but then you'll, like any training stress, you'll habituate to it and it is better to periodize it like anything. Uh, take a break from it and then come back to it rather than say, oh, this is the thing that I do because I'm an athlete. So, um, so yeah, um, do it for four to six weeks at a time, take a break. Do it for four to six weeks at a time, take a break. That's totally fine. Um, the other thing that I'll say about it for athletes is that, in my opinion, if you have capacity to add more stress to your system, you should do it in the more, most sports-specific way possible. So that the organism can tolerate. I'm not saying you do, go do more ring muscle-ups. I'm just saying if you can tolerate more stress, you should put that toward the most sport-specific skill possible. And this is uh, another example. This is with endurance athletes. Brain training has gotten a lot of play recently. Athletes are doing cognitively fatiguing uh, exercises that sh require, uh, basically, they, they they practice so that their reaction time actually diminishes because they're fatigued cognitively and their decision-making fatigues. And then they go out for their endurance bout, whether it's running, cycling, swimming, whatever it is. And uh, yeah, I mean, no surprise, but the, the actual training is harder. And in my opinion, if you can take on more stress like that, you should just run faster. <laughs> or you should just run more uh, instead of thinking that there's a way to hack around your biology. Like, you know what the answer is. You should probably just take on more training volume. And, and so, and the person who does that and re can recover from it is 
probably the person who's going to be the most prepared, not the person who ran a little bit slower or ran a little bit less and did their brain training. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's my take on stress when it comes to athletes. Um, you got to distinguish between stress and support. Support is the things that, you know, it's great hygiene, it's great sleep, it's great rhythm, great, great consistency, great digestion, eating real food, having great work, rest, balance, etc. cetera. Uh, those are the things that help you recover as an athlete. And so, so, okay. So that's my take on cold plunges. Uh, the truth is that they give you a great stress response. Uh, the stress response is really acute. The studies measure an acute stress response. The longest one I saw was eight plunges. Ask yourself, contextualize it over a lifespan, use it in the context of your lifespan, know that you habituate to the stress and cycle on and off of it. Uh, if you, if you really like it and want to do it. So, all right, guys.